welcome to the Smoking PTSD Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Diver. I am a survivor of suicide, a survivor of childhood emotional and physical abuse, as well as a veteran of the U.S. Navy and a retired first responder. I started this podcast to help me on my journey to wellness by sharing my story, my thoughts, and my experiences in a hope that my story will reach and help others and let them know that it's okay to not be okay. With that being said, I'm not a licensed mental or behavioral health professional. I'm just a guy who's been through some stuff and has experienced a trauma survival. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, medical treatment, or therapy. Always seek the advice of your qualified mental health provider with any questions you may have regarding any mental health symptoms, and never disregard professional help or delay in seeking professional advice or treatment because of something you have heard on this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review this episode as your comments can only serve to improve the content. Hello, everyone. So those of you that follow me on social media know that I had an incident last week with my smoker. I bought a six-pound pork tenderloin, seasoned it, set the smoker up, placed the pork in the smoker, and went out to run some errands. When I got home, I checked the remote thermometer that I had sitting next to the couch, and it read 115 degrees. Knowing that the pork had to go to be about 160 degrees, I didn't need to go outside and check it. So I sat down, I made some coffee, sat down in my recliner, and was watching the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. About 30 minutes or so later, I checked the temperature on the thermometer, and it read 115 degrees. And I said, well, that's not right. And I went out back to investigate. What I found was that my smoker had caught fire and the entire control panel and control knobs had burned and melted, which essentially destroyed my smoker. When I opened the door, it was cool inside, indicating the fire had been quick and was sometime before I had gotten home. The temperature probe was only reading the temperature of the meat and not the ambient temperature of the smoker itself. Fortunately, the fire did not extend beyond the smoker and there was no other damage to my backyard or to the house. When I had opened the door to put the smoke, the pork on the smoker, when I had opened the door to put the pork on the smoker, I noticed it was greasy inside and there was an accumulation of ash on the bottom of the smoker. Now the manufacturer recommends cleaning the smoker after every three or four smokes. And I think I was on smoke four or five, or it may have even been six since the last, last time I did a really good scrubbing of the interior. But because I had things to do and I was limited in my time that afternoon, I needed to get the pork on so I would have something for dinner that night and for the next few nights since I was going to work the next day. Usually on one of my two days off, I will go to the grocery store, buy a decent piece of meat, either a couple of pork tenderloins or pork butt or pork shoulder, and I'll smoke it that day for however many hours it takes, and then I will prepare it so I will have food um, ready for when I get home from work. I usually get home about 7.30, quarter to 8, depending on what time I get out. I get off at 7, and it takes about 35 or so minutes to get home. So I, what I would do, so what I do is prepare meals on my days off so that I just have to come home, make a plate, stick it in the microwave, and I don't actually have to cook a full meal. So that day I was kind of pressed for time and I figured I could get away with not cleaning it and would do it after this smoke since I had to make dinner and run the errands, like I said. I didn't have time to clean it that day and well, hindsight being what it is, I should have cleaned it as that was a $500 error in judgment on my part. 
I had had that smoker for the better part of three years and had certainly gotten my money's worth out of her, but still. I was irresponsible and took for granted that I could clean it later and it cost me. I think about what could have been and the fire could have been worse had an ember caught the desert behind my house on fire or the rubber mat that the smoker sits on could have caught fire and that could have spread to other combustible objects in my backyard. Fortunately, that did not happen. However, it does make for a good podcast topic about being more responsible. So I wanted to title this podcast Depression Responsibility or PTSD and Responsibility, but that seems like I'm using the noun as a crutch for the adjective. The point being, being responsible often falls by the wayside for those of us with depression and PTSD, but do we use it as a crutch? Well, let's see. Responsibility can also be called mental accountability. When we are accountable, we take responsibility for our actions and we face adversity head on. We say, sorry, that's my fault or my bad. We don't blame the smoker for the fire. We blame ourselves. We don't blame the mistake on anything other than the object in the mirror. While responsibility is not an emotion per se, our emotional state has a lot to say about our being responsible. We've spoken before of the role the amygdala plays in our emotional state and how that little almond-shaped cluster of nuclei controls so much of our decision-making and emotional responsibilities. So why are we more likely to be irresponsible when we are depressed? And I'll be the first to tell you that I have been in a really good place lately. Ever since I finished with TMS, I've been profoundly happy. I feel the medicine that I take is finally able to get to the right area of the brain because the TMS opened up those neural pathways again. That and the fact that I left the mobile healthcare job have really gotten me in a good, good place and feeling really good about myself and others. When I was working for the mobile health care, I just was, uh, I was miserable. I, I just, I didn't, I enjoyed the job itself. I enjoyed being with people uh, and helping them. It was just for some reason being by myself in the car all day and doing nothing but drive across the valley. Just, it, it just wore me down uh, physically and emotionally. And I just, I just did not enjoy doing the work. So I left. As many of us can attest, when depression takes hold, we don't want to do anything. We won't shower. We won't leave the house unless we absolutely have to. And when we do, we put on a brave face and a fake smile and brave the outside world, waiting for the time when we can return to our home, sit in the dark, and pretend everything is fine. When our mood is dour, we feel less energy, less wanting to be helpful, and little to no desire to be productive. Conversely, when our mood is good, we are more apt to help a coworker or a neighbor and be more productive at home and at work. But controlling our emotions through depression while dealing with PTSD can be challenging. We can, and I certainly have, said no far too often to far too many things because I was hiding behind the veil of depression and anxiety. I was using my behavioral health as a crutch and as a shield, protecting me from all the evils of the outside world. It's easy to say I'm depressed and that's why I failed or I'm depressed and that's why I didn't want to do X, Y, Z or go to X, Y, Z. The easiest thing to do is sit at home and wallow in that circle of failure. When I would decline an invitation to hang out with friends or even when I canceled my therapy appointments, I would sit in the dark and say it's my depression which would make me even more depressed knowing that I wasn't taking full responsibility for my actions and I was laying blame at the feet of my illness saying you're to blame for my lot in life. 
While there is no direct correlation between PTSD and being irresponsible, there is a correlation between depression and not being willing and able to perform even the most menial of tasks. Far too often we let our depression win out and we use it as a crutch to slowly limp into the next day or week or month. Having the temerity to face that builds resilience and shows leadership in yourself so that you can get off the couch and accomplish what needs to be done. So why did I disregard the cleaning of the smoker? After I had analyzed what had happened, I realized I took the smoker for granted and did not respect the manufacturer's suggestions on cleaning it. Grease, as many of you know, is combustible. Heat and ignorance took over, and the end result is a new smoker for me and a valuable lesson on being responsible. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me today. Please rate, subscribe, and review, as your comments can only serve to improve this podcast. If you or someone you know are struggling with thoughts of suicide, please call or text the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 988. Veterans can also call 988 and press 1 or text 838-255. You can reach me on Twitter at PTSD, on Instagram at smoking underscore PTSD, or email me at thesmokinptsdpodcast at gmail.com. And please remember, everyone you meet is struggling with something you know nothing about, so please, let's be kind to one another.